Blog Talk Radio. Hey, I'm Jared Padalecki. And this is Jensen Ackles. And you're listening to Winchester Radio. You are indeed listening to Winchester Radio. Jensen and Jared would not lie to you. Uh, welcome, everybody, to the podcast tonight. Um, uh, thanks for listening. We're going to be talking about um, the episode Girls, 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 written by Robert Behrens and directed by Robert Singer. Um, I was sort of hoping that they would actually play the Motley Crue song Girls, Girls, Girls in this episode because I happen to really like the band Motley Crue and I like that song. Um I was kind of hoping they'd play it. It would have been actually pretty appropriate in the background of the brothel scenes. Or, but whatever. I didn't get to. Um, I I liked this episode. Um, it got better on a second watch for me. We were actually talking about this before we went on air. Um, it got better for me in the second watch. It it hung together better. And I, I was, I was telling Vinny, it would, I, it was for me, it went, it went, you know, it went along and then clunk, boom, boom, clunk, boom, boom, clunk. Mm-hmm. But the, the clunks cleared up mostly on the, on the second watch, which, oh, isn't really great because there shouldn't be speed bumps first time you watch the episode. And it's like you said, it's because, well, you know what's going to happen, so it actually, it actually flowed better. Um. And I'll actually argue that, because like, like you said, we were talking about this before we went on air. Um, I'm not going to necessarily say that it flowed better, but it, the clunks was let, were less clunky because you knew they were coming. Yes. Um, and like I, like I told Susan prior to going on air, it was like that feeling you get when you watch some sort of suspenseful movie that's really leading up to something, and it feels so long. And the second time you watch it, you're like, wow, this was a, not that long of a movie at all. It was that kind mm-hmm. of feeling where the first, the first watch really kind of dragged for me. The second watch felt like, I won't say it felt better paced because it didn't, but it felt like it took a normal amount of time. For mm-hmm. me, it was yeah. the opposite. I, the first time I watched it when it aired Tuesday night, I was like, oh, this is pretty good. And then today I watched it a couple of times and I get ready for the podcast. I was like, I'm bored, and I <laughs> I think I think what it is is each individual storyline was interesting, but there were too many things going on in the episode. Mm-hmm. You know, you you had the coal thing going on, you had the witches going on, you had Castiel's thing going on, you had mm-hmm. uh, you know Sam and Dean going on. If there is each Crowley just, going on. Yes, Crowley going on. Well, if, if their individual thing was its own episode, I'd have enjoyed each one. But because there was so much in one episode, it was hard to enjoy them because it's like, hey, but uh, I want to get back. Why are we Why are we seeing Crowley? I want to mm-hmm. get back to you know Hannah and Castiel. You know, it, you know, it was yeah. just. That's like the clunk I was talking about. It kind of went clunk, clunk wait, turn, clunk, you know, boom, boom, yeah, boom, boom, yeah. boom well, clunk, go over here. And I'll also like, say that that what you're saying is true, Becky. However, here's where I say the big dun-dun-dun clunk comes, is that in the end, which is why I said for the second watch for me, it felt slightly more cohesive than the first watch. It's at the end, all the stories inter- intersect except 
accept, once again, the angel storyline. Mm. However, my, my, my difference between this episode and prior episodes is where I felt like if I took the angel storyline out and watched it on its own, this episode I didn't feel that way. If I took the angel episode out, I was bored. See, it was a I, lot. Uh, it was a lot of, of blah 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 to get to the to get to just to get to Hannah leaving, which on top of that irritates me because I love Hannah since last season. So I almost feel like her entire presence this season was just built to make me like her to take her away from me, and well, I'm, I don't feel like that at all. She's still alive. Yeah, no, heaven. And 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 she she well, she may or may not. If she really needs to, she could come back and take over Caroline again. But I I like that you know. Yeah, here's she's the been thing. a nice angel from beginning. To, she's been a good angel from beginning to end, and then she she made this decision to make this sacrifice and let Caroline go back to her husband. And I like that Caroline had a nice husband who's obviously been very worried about her and has been faithful this year and been looking for her this whole time. So I, I like that. And and yes, I agree. I'm going to miss Hannah. I like her. I like her and Cass, but I, I like the way her storyline was resolved in that she didn't die. You know, she wasn't yet another angel at the end of an angel blade, you know, by somebody, at least, at least she's still, still a possibility. She's still out there, she's still an angel. I, I wow. hope she can. I'm gonna say this: the actress doesn't have red hair, so clearly they're not gonna give her any anything interesting to do ever. <laughs> because that's that seems to be the only way to be a female with a cool uh, story arc and cool dialogue is to have red hair. Now that said, uh, we've had three red, red streaks in her hair. She has red streaks no, in her hair. She's pretty dark. She's like a stepped brunette. She has very dark hair, but she has some... But, you know, and, and, and with the redhead thing, I'm going to segue into the fact that I really like Rowena, but I was expecting to like Rowena because, again, one thing Supernatural in recent years has done is given you a really snappy redhead that you're going to dig. Mm. I don't know why. I have no idea why. Um... <laughs> And I'm a, always a big fan. Of, I'm always a big fan of a villainess. I, I like, I like a villainess. Um, Meg's my one of Meg is arguably depending on the day, but almost always my number one character is Meg. Um, I liked Abaddon. I like Rowena. Um, it's just how it is. Mm. I liked Ru- I liked Ruby. I like a good villainess. However. I kind of, and I get the fact that, yes, she's a Scottish actress, and the actress is really Scottish. I really enjoyed her, and you're hard-pressed to find a Scottish actress that doesn't have red hair. That said, what are the odds of Rowena making it out of the season alive? Pretty much nil. Just, that's the bottom line. So we're going to have another redhead that's Crowley's antagonist that's going to die within the, within the season. Fantastic. Okay. Great. I'm going to go back to the angel thing for a minute because I didn't get to okay. my part. Um, <laughs> I to, for me, my, my the best part of the whole episode besides the opening scene with Sam and Dean 
My favorite storyline of the whole episode was the angels. Castiel and Hannah's storyline was my favorite part of the whole episode on every time I've watched it. And hmm. I cannot tell you how excited I am for Who are Jimmy. You and what did you do with Becky? <laughs> and this is what I completely understand. I I was waiting for that. Um, the the whole Castiel pulling up Jimmy's information on the computer and what we know mm. of the upcoming episode. Mm. I am mm-hmm. more looking forward to that than I have for an episode in a long time, which is so weird. But I really, really am looking forward. I think I like the fact that they're going back to, you know, the, the um, you know, angel possessing humans and the, ethic, you know, how ethical that is. And, um, mm-hmm. you know, yes. We never really got, you know, a really good closure on Jimmy and Claire and the whole Novak family. And I'm really, really interested in that and looking forward to it. Yeah. And I like how in this episode and in and in fan fiction, they, they are going back to, and we've talked about it many times on the podcast, that there are consequences when Sam and Dean leave town that the boys never deal with. And there's the host and the people left behind. And they've actually mentioned that and we're starting to see them dealing with that. So I, I like it. It's, it's kind of, it's kind of cool to see that. And that's, that, that's pretty much Cole's whole storyline right there. Mm-hmm. Yep. And here, this is another thing before we um, go back to Rowena, who I also love, um, but Cole, if, I have no idea if Travis Aaron Wade's coming back to the show or not, but I really, truly hope he is because if this was all Cole's storyline was, I'm very disappointed. <laughs> you know, Likewise. Likewise. It, it, yeah, there's really no point to him, to the show. Travis Aaron Wade, I love his podcast with him. He was awesome. He is an amazing human being. I fell in love with him on our podcast. I would like to see more of Cole and more. I want to see, you know, now that Cole knows that his father was a, a monster and that um, demons exist and all this, I want to see what happens to Cole. And I, I really hope this isn't the last you see him. I hope not either. Um, again, I'd, see, I'd be pretty disappointed if, the, if that's the last we see of him. So I, I hope he does come back again, definitely. He's out there. It's still open. It was very interesting. Pause. I had a theory. I won't say end. I had, I'll say pause. Mm-hmm. I had a theory on my last rewatch right before the podcast um, when Dean is explaining to Cole that his dad was a monster and he was eating livers. But Dean says he had never seen anything like him before or since. Um, I, it has me wondering what if he's some kind of demon or monster or whatever that runs through Cole's family. What if there's a chance that Cole or Cole's son, oh, like a Rougarou, when you get to a certain yeah, point. Exactly. Yeah. Um, um, actually, Cole, the monster I thought he was, and um, <laughs> I'll bet you thought of it too, was that he sounded an awful lot like a Eugene Coombe to me. <laughs> yes, I exactly. I thought the same thing. Yes. Yep. But sadly, we weren't watching X-Files. But no, different I have no idea what that means. 
<laughs> so, actually, he was like one of the creepiest, creepiest characters on on X Files in ten years, a mess or nine years. It's a lot to say about the X Files. He, uh, those episodes were terrifying to me, and you never, you'll never look at an air conditioning vent the same again after no, seeing that episode. No. Yeah, I but only, anyway, he out every two episodes of X Files. Yeah, I only mm-hmm. watched two episodes of X Files, and I always saw Becky. The only one I remember, and it was terrifying, was the one with the thing with the lamprey eel mouse in the sewers. No, screw that. that oh was horrifying. yeah, I'm never watching. Yep. No. That is horrifying. Yeah, no. yeah that's right. That was a pro- that was a problem. Scenes. That was a problem. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I will say, yeah, was going back to Cole because my theory was that. It, that Cole's father was either possessed by something or something else was trying to get into Cole's house and his dad was a, just a consequence. I'm almost disappointed that this was what it was, that Dean was like, yeah, I did kill your dad, and I'm sorry, but I had to. And also that he's like, I don't know what he was. I'm like, you, then what? Like, you just went and killed something? Okay, how did you know how to kill it then? All right, but, you know, <laughs> and I'm not disappointed because I was wrong, because as I said before, just because you're wrong about something doesn't make it bad. I'm disappointed in, even if this wasn't Cole's last episode, but especially if it is, I'm, I'm disappointed in the, in, the, in the conclusion and the, for now, the wrap-up, because as far as we know now, that's the wrap-up. Okay, mm. great. Um, yeah, I I hope I really hope Cole doesn't turn out to be a Campbell family part two. Whereas you know what was uh, the point of the Campbells? <laughs> well, at least the Campbells, you know, at least the Campbells kind of made sense because they were family, and you were kind of glad to see them go anyway. Um, yeah, like a lot of family. But this was just, and like I said again, all of it interwove except the. Angel storyline, which almost felt like you were channel surfing. It felt like you were watching a show and then it went to commercial, so you flipped to another show real quick. Um, because everything else intersected. So, yeah, I, I, could, I totally see that. Yeah, I see what you're saying. Um, I don't know. I was just not pleased with the angel. And it felt like, well, I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna say that opinion because I'm just not going to. Anyway, um, aside from that, like I said, the episode just felt messy, and even on second watch, it felt less messy. But it's messy, and I don't actually completely fault Robert Barons for that because it's clear because of how much of this was. This entire episode was just set up an exposition. It that's all it was. So clearly it wasn't it wasn't his pitch if at all, very, very little. Like maybe I don't know. Yeah. First scene. Like this yeah, clearly it was, wasn't something that he went into the writer's room and said, I want to do this. No, because it's completely yeah. set up for everything else that's gonna come in. So I can't it was a, yeah. I can't obvious he was told. It was obvious this episode has to have the introduction of Rowena, right. uh, um, Hannah's departure, and Cole's departure. Go. Right, and oh, you'd yeah. have to have the 
the yeah, the introduction of Rowena, the the reveal of her being Crowley's mother. It had to have Cole's departure, but open ended. It has to have this. It has to have that. So in a way, I can't fault him, but because that's a difficult thing to make work. I I understand mm. that, especially for someone it's your second year writing this show, and you know you can't be. On one hand, I can give him the fact that he can't be overly familiar with the, with the material after two years. But on the same hand, one of my problems with the recent, you know, the, this era of writers is that I don't feel like they're overly familiar with the material. Um, however, I will say that I hate to still beat this dead horse. I'm so sorry, everybody. But going by fan fiction. <laughs> Having familiarity with the source material means jack. So that's, you know, six in one hand, half a dozen in the other. But um, so I will say, like, I, I forgive Barons for the fact that, you know, clearly this was not something that he went into with a, I have an idea, guys, I want to do this. This was something that every that he was told, you have to do this. Welcome to episode seven. Okay, that's fine. Um. I still feel like the pacing was just so off. It was all the first watch felt clunky, and the second upon the second watch, when you know it's going to happen, then it feels very heavy-handed. Mm-hmm. So it just for me the episode just didn't work. There was far more that I didn't like than I did like. Um, I was talking to a friend, and she was like, you know, she was really literally saying, you know, I had two brother scenes. They were good. That's all I care about. And while I get that, I also don't feel like, like right now I feel like the really good brother scenes we're getting, they don't feel organic. And I don't know if that's a byproduct of season nine and all the angst or if it's a quality issue. The, the acting is there, but I don't feel like the words are right. It just it doesn't feel right, in my opinion, of course, in my opinion. Especially last week it did. I loved last week's episode so much. I I still maintain it's my favorite episode of the season, and so it, it felt very it felt very different. Where that episode, the brother speak, whether it was Damity in the scene or if it was them separately, it all felt really well done and very organic. This didn't. This felt like it was trying too hard. I like, um, like, I, like I said at the beginning, I liked, I liked the Hannah Castiel thing. I liked the Rowena storyline. I liked Sam and Dean coming in through each of them. I liked the Cole thing. I liked Crowley. I, I liked each individual story. It's just putting them all together in one episode. Was, yeah, this should have been two episodes. Yeah, it made it it made it a big mess in my opinion. If you had halved it, you know, put half of half of the storylines in this episode and half of them in another one, I think it'd have made two really good episodes. But putting it all yeah, into I one, agree. I mean, we had we had all four, you know, we had our, both of our leads, Sam and Dean. Then we had the two regulars, Castiel and Crowley. Then we had the two recurring characters of the season, you know, Cole and Rowena. Uh, you know, it was and, and well, much. three and Hannah, and Hannah, exactly, yeah. and Hannah. Uh, you know, it was just and then, we had you know, everybody, the, and then all the guest characters. 
Right. We had pimps and hookers and pimps and hoes and demons. and (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, we had the two. Then we had the two two brothel girls. Three. 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 Shailene. Three. Well, no, Shailene didn't get killed. Four. Shailene survived. Four, four, the one at the beginning, Shailene. And that's the thing, too. And that's the thing, too, about an episode having so much. Yeah, you know, that's the thing about an episode having so much going on is that I forgot about Shailene at first when she's in the first five minutes of the episode and has Mm. a quite significant part because she's the catalyst of the entire, she's the catalyst of of Sam and Dean's hunt, which takes us to meeting Rowena, to all that. And yet I forgot about her. Also, she did not look and 25. I don't care what her dating app says. She did not look 25. That actress, um, she was also in um, Of Grave Importance, the episode where um, Dean's a ghost, or not Dean, mm-hmm. Bobby's, ghost no, Bobby's a ghost is there. Yeah, Bobby's a yeah. ghost. And um, she uh, uh, was the fancy lady. Remember, she was a prostitute, but she called mm-hmm. her mm-hmm. Fancy lady. <laughs> so I'm like, oh, I'm like her both in that of her episode ep- a lot. Both of her episodes, she was a prostitute. A fancy, a fancy lady. <laughs> a fancy lady. <laughs> she was a. How does Cordelia say it in Angel? Like, I'm a working girl. Not a working girl. Like that. No, I'm not saying you're not a working girl. You could be a working girl if you wanted to. I'm not saying you want to. <laughs> um, you know, I, two, I, uh-huh. did we lose it go. Hello? No? Did we lose Susan? Maybe I'm, she I'm was here. talking and she Oh, yeah, you just stopped there talking. Um, I was just going to say, I really got a kick out of, I got a kick out of the, uh, sort of online dating thing, uh, was it a past the fact of Dean signing up for an online dating thing, which I thought was t- totally black. I, have I don't so know where many it came issues from. With that. I have so many issues I with that. I just no. I mean, I, I did I, at I, first. I had issues with it at first, but after I thought about it, it made perfect sense for me. Dean traveled. Wow. Okay, oh, here, let me explain. explain. Will, let <laughs> let like, me what? explain. I will explain. Yeah, he's never really in one place at, at, you know, he's never Uh in one place for very long, as he even says in his bio there, um, if you read read his bio on his phone there. It's perfect for him because all he can do is he can log in and instead of like having to go to bars and things, he can just, you know, as he's strolling, running into town, hey, Hey, ladies, I'm in this town. Come meet me at this bar. Oh, okay. <laughs> counter but counter he argument. eight hours. He, exactly. So there's no, there's actually, actually more. Yeah, that's what I say, counter argument. It's actually more inconvenient for him to have a dating app than to just walk into a bar. Spend the and time to sign up. And hello, yeah. trying to hide and be anonymous as all. Uh, like all his information is legitimate information. <laughs> Drove me nuts. Like, okay, and, and again, go back to one of my issues with the writing. He doesn't have I, to use. See, he doesn't have to use it. But you know, Dean, anything but how he is he's getting it? Oh, exactly. I also think he's why would giving Dean, it a try? Dean, Mister Mister Ladies Man, feel like he would even need an online dating. It's, Okay, uh, and again, service. okay, let me let me explain. Let me explain. Okay. 
Hold on. No, no, no. Let's let you rationalize. Go. Okay. Okay. <laughs> this is how I see it. Because we know Dean has gotten apps before. He's talked about getting apps that translate languages, you know. And, you know, so we know he plays around on his phone. Playing around. He found an app that gets you chicks. Of course he's going to give it a try. No. But here's the thing. Here's my problem with it. Here's my threefold problem with it. <laughs> Number one, like Susan and I are saying, it's actually more inconvenient because he's going out of his way and dragging his brother out of the way eight hours in his gas-guzzling Impala just to get laid. Number one. We don't one. know if he went. No, 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 no. We don't, we don't know if he was going to that town for Shailene. They and were. Yes, and they they had the mistakes. And you specifically set up the beginning. No, no they specifically didn't. set up. Yes, he did. Because Sam's yes. trying to find Hunt. He's trying to figure out why Dean took him there. There was no Hunt. Because Sam no, even Dean said. said it was, but Dean said it was for the steak. Bull. Oh, for Those are he's clearly lying. He's clearly lying. We know. He's went to places. Number one, you can't find a good steak under $10 anywhere. Fail. Clearly (laughs) fail. Number one, this section was not a There you go. That's it. You proved Dean's point. This is the one place you can find it. (laughs) No, 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 no. See, don't rationalize it. Don't rationalize bad writing. Because, again, here's my other problem. He's going to have to lie about what he does. To me, I'm not rational. To me, it felt it felt natural to me. No, because on top of that, <laughs> his entire life he's had to hide who he is. His entire yeah. life, and he's going to sign up as Impala '67. I'm Dean Winchester. <laughs> I'm 35, and I live in Lebanon, Kansas. Let's bang, and I'll drive. Yes. I'll drive anywhere to bang you if you're hot enough. No, lame. So lame. Not believable. And, and the only both, part of that I liked is that Robert Barron's used what Jensen's answer was about what would Dean's dating profile be. It would answer to a fan again, question at Comic-Con, which I thought was hilarious. But that goes to my other way. I said my problem with it was threefold. That's my other problem, yes. like I said. Uh-oh. Once again, don't write the material to fit the joke. Robert yeah. Barron said online that, he, that Jensen said that, and he was like, and then he, that week, that day, he had posted a picture of himself writing in his room, like, can't Comic-Con, must write, because he had to get that down. You wrote something absolutely absurd and out of character for the joke. Mm-hmm. And I, I don't, yeah, I know you think I'm wrong, but I have I know you're wrong. I don't think <laughs> but I, was, I know you're wrong. The only part, was the that only part of that that I... I see no problem with Dean getting an, uh, signing up for a dating app. I have no problem with that. I can totally see it happening. The only thing okay. I agree with you on is I don't think he would have used so much of his real information. Yeah, that's, uh, that's my thing. Either, either, either the information should have been fake or don't do it at all. But, you, but putting his real information was my – was my, no, I'm sorry. Sure, you want to have a dating app that says you're – I don't know, Sean Wesson? Whatever. I don't know. Sean Smith. This sounds kind of shady, though. So we'll go with Sean Wesson. Sean Wesson, you're 35, and you live in, I don't know, Idaho. Fine, dude. That's cool. I don't mind that. It's got your picture. You've been wanted by the FBI how many times? You're legally dead. Yes. 
There's so much you wrong were just, with that. that you were yeah. just a um, serial killer two and a half seasons ago. Your face was a serial killer. And the the, eight, the all points bulletin was your car, your 67 Impala. No, I'm not buying it. It was it was really bad. The best part about that scene was, was Sam getting to go, Impala 67. That was the best part. <laughs> that was pretty funny. <laughs> that was the best part um, about that scene, about the information yeah. in that scene. I will say now, Robert. Great, Robert Barron's great work it. by Jordan. Already, could he already have been writing it and just he already had the assignment of there there being a dating app whether he, about, yeah. he was writing Bye. his profile or not, and he just or was yeah. it already? He might have already had the pitch, but by July he would not have been technically writing this episode theoretically, because mm-hmm. usually around August. No, no, that's about right. He should have been, yeah, no, he would have probably just gotten the the the, the assignment for it right around that time. So that, usually that, that could be, that could be. Yeah, you, so usually anyway. in August, like Comic-Con, the writers are always talking about how they're usually writing at, somewhere in the vicinity of episode seven through nine around Com- around Vancon, so yeah. Yeah, so yeah, it, that could have happened, but that, to me, that's like the least of this thing. Uh, troubles with the whole like uh, you know oh. with eight hours out of his way and then he says you know I, I have I have you know I have terms I have roles and <laughs> I don't you know, you know and like and I'm like don't think but you'll he go on I really don't think he drove eight out of his eight hours out of his way How do you, what do you think he drove out of eight hours out of his way for then what the steak you're no. so <laughs> Oh, honey, the whole setup is that he's lying about the state. That's the whole point of the scene. He's lying, and there's no case. He, he he he's like, well, cattle death. And he's like, oh, no, that's the whole point of the scene is that he's lying to Sam. He even says, we drove eight hours on the way so you could get laid, and Dean, Dean lied to me affirmative. He's a dad before. Why wouldn't he do it? Yes, he's when he was dying. <laughs> <laughs> I think I and have the no problem. Even if he was in the girlfriend's house, he already five hours out of his way for sure. Whoa, whoa, whoa. He did. I'm fine with it. You can be so fine with it. You're okay. just wrong. <laughs> I don't mind you being wrong. I don't mind you being okay with it. Just understand that you're wrong. <laughs> That's all I. That's all oh, I say. Man, I. You know, I. Yeah, no, I. Oh, yeah, I just went. I. Yeah, I'm sorry. You're wrong. Like it's yeah, it's a good thing I love you guys. And it is what it is, and it go. It goes back to my problem of you know dumbing down the characters or writing around a joke just to make the just to get the joke to happen. I think that's a consistent mm-hmm. issue with the past few seasons. Mm-hmm. I just do. And, and I've, yeah. it's not the first time I've said sometimes it. Sometimes I don't mind. Sometimes I don't mind, but this one I mind. <laughs> like, no. All it would have taken, no. taken is one little tweak is give me false information in the bio. Yeah. That's all it would have taken for me to make it work. Because or, you know what? If a girl is hot enough, maybe being – I could see being screwing around on the app for women in the area, seeing this chick out of the area and thinking, screw it, or her, whatever, mm. fine. But my problem is 
the correct information, giving you the idea that he's serious about this app. Not serious about finding a relationship because he's clearly not. His bio says, I'm just strolling through. But you're not just interested. You're not rolling through town. You rolled into town. Into town. Eight hours out of your way. It's absolutely ridiculous. No matter how you no matter how you deconstruct it, it's ridiculous. And it was done just to get the joke. I I mean, I would have been much better with her her them finding out about this about this particular brothel if if the dating app had never existed, there would have been mm-hmm. other ways for them to come across this this moment. I mean, she could have picked up Dean in the in the bar, just like Dean usually does, and it could have mm-hmm. gone exactly. from there. Because then it, it then it comes into again. Obviously, we're watching a show about demons and ghosts, so you know there is a, a bit of uh, suspension of disbelief. But it is one of those things that it's like, come on, the first time he actually really seriously uses the app, he finds a chick who's working for a, he finds a girl who's a prostitute working for a crossroads demon. Really? Yeah. I would, and she's got like so the worst karma sense. ever. She's got the worst yeah, karma ever so to have much him more sense. show up as a, as a client. Yeah, it would have made so it's, much more sense for her to hit on him in in a bar. And you still could have had Sam making fun of him. You could have Dean checking her out and Sam telling him, yeah, no, out of your league, bro. And her mm-hmm. strolling over to Dean. You still could have had the banter. You didn't yep. need the joke. Mm. Because also it just makes you feel, it made me feel, it's one of those things that I don't like when things about, they make Dean do things that make me feel really uncomfortable about Dean. And I don't mean that in a, I don't mean that in like a misogynistic way because I don't think that he is. In one of those embarrassment, secondhand embarrassment kind of feelings. And they, mm. I don't like when they do that to me with Dean. And this was one of those where I was like, dude, Dean Winchester is better than that. Come on. Yeah. Uh, so I'm and, just, I, guess, know, I won't lie. And those, I are, enjoyed my, those the are my threefold. Black t-shirt. I enjoyed the black t-shirt moment. Yeah. I could have found other ways that I enjoyed that. I enjoyed her flinging him up against the wall. <laughs> you know, we don't see that too often. We're like the only show where everybody gets excited to see the main characters in a t-shirt because it happens like when we <laughs> <It's so true. laughs> we've had we had t- the t-shirt what three times this season? We are Yes, ready. and it's freaking me out. It's not even halfway. <laughs> you know. Where I I'm I'm pretty sure the shoe is gonna drop and we're gonna get like a being in a parka episode just to just to bring us all back down to earth. Um, yes. my other, yeah. my other, um, my other, and this is a, this is actually a, a kind of serious issue I have is I've never been one to harp on the whole, um, the vessels kind of thing. I do think I know I've talked about before that I don't like that it's gotten so easy for them to just stab and or you know and the the, the mm-hmm. demon knife right. you know we've been doing the we've been doing the demon knife for six seasons seven, almost seven seasons now it's a bit old and it's a bit um because the whole point of them not, not having the cult was because it was just such a get out of free jail kind of thing we have the we have the knife that'll kill everything and now we have ruby's bla- ruby's knife and the demon blades and we're back to that we're back to the cult problem but anyway, mm. 
I find it very bizarre in this episode, and again, where it said it feels disjointed, where one story, one four storylines are together and one is separate. The whole point of the Hannah Cass story story in this was, well, technically the whole point was to get us to where Cass is looking up Jimmy. Let's be real. Mm-hmm. But the the common what, what culminated in that was Hannah and Cass discussing you know, the the feelings and basically the autonomy of the of the vessel and how, you know, we're occupying the space and I can feel her and I can hear her and which is something we've never dealt with in terms of angels ever. We've dealt with that in terms of demons occupying a meat suit, but never angels. So we're dealing with that and we're supposed to feel, you know, feel for this. And then we turn around and we have an episode where Three demons are killed with no regard to the vessel. Mm. So what I, my takeaway from that is, oh, okay, meat suits that give consent, because in order to get an angel to possess you, you have to give consent, are more worthy than meat suits who don't give consent. And I find that super problematic. Mm. I have a really big problem with that in terms of, what are you trying to tell me? And also in terms of continuity. I mean, literally, it's from one scene to the next. Mm-hmm. Actually, no, we kill four demons in this episode. There's the two well, in the okay. One. There's the guy. There's the crossroads. Three, four. There's, and then there's the one. Here's how I feel about it. Um. Which, after getting yelled at over the... Here's how, you know, in in the first few years, they did have problems, um, you know, with killing the vessels. And, mm-hmm. like, when, when Dean came back from hell in season four and Sam was exercising people with his mind, um, and he was, you know, he told Dean that, you know, this way it saves the people, you know, mm-hmm. the people were saved mm-hmm. that way. They they weren't killing them. Um, so we obviously saw, you know, that they used to actually worry about that. I just think it's 10 years that we have seen them doing this, that it's just now just part of the job. And, you know, they have to save their own skin and worry about other people's stuff and when it's in matters of of these split second decisions, I that's I just think you know to them, which I'm not saying it's right. No, and them, I agree. I agree, which is why I said I'm someone who's never had the issue in terms of the vessels. I've never been one to really harp on that, aside from the fact that sometimes I'd be like, God, I wish they'd have like a tiny little bit of remorse every now and then. But I've never mm. been someone to harp on it. But when you highlight it in an episode, do it in an episode, and you do it in this manner where, like I said, angel vessels have to have consent, angels have to have consent, and demons don't. And you're telling me that consent is worth more than non-consent. And I really, well, I don't usually get very soapboxy about things like that. I don't get soapboxy about supernatural, period. I'm not someone who says, you know, oh, the the show's always killing women. No, the show kills everybody. And as someone who is multiracial, you know, and very multiracial, 
I've never been someone who's like, God, they don't have enough characters of different races. I've never been one to harp on those, ever, ever. Everybody can go back and listen. I'm the one person in the entire fandom <laughs> who defended Man's Best Friends with Benefit. Mm. So for me to feel like, wow, that was sketchy, and I, and it's sketchy because you get it in such a way that it's back-to-back, and you are – it was just a weird message for me especially when I know the whole point of it is just to get to Castiel's journey for whatever he's doing. I won't, you know, some people may not know the spoilers, so I won't spoil it. But clearly it sets Castiel on a path because at the end he's Googling, again, with his magic Wi-Fi. I'm not even going to complain about everyone's magic Wi-Fi in this episode. But with his (laughs) magical Wi-Fi, he's looking up Jimmy Novak. So... You're going to give me that message just uh, just to put Cass on a mission. And I've complained before where I don't, in, I don't like the fact that, you know, there's a, it's a secondary character who gets to always have the best mission, the coolest stuff to do, and get to be the hero. It's annoying to me. So you have something problematic happen just to have something that I find annoying. Well, then I'm just, I'm just irritated overall. That's 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 my, but my main and, and again my main problem is that you're not going to address it ever. For the past six seasons, you have not addressed that, and the one time you address it, this is how it's put out, and I really have an issue with that. I didn't really have an. I didn't see it that way, so I didn't have an issue. And I only have an <laughs> issue because yeah, and that's and that's per, that's perfectly fine. Um, and my only issue is because it's presented that way. That's my only issue. Had they not presented it that way for me, to, number one, out of nowhere, suddenly angels can feel their vessels. Since when? We've never discussed that, ever. So, again, it was just a lot, a lot, a lot of that just for the setup of one thing that I think was... It kind of touched on it, kind of. I'm not saying it's similar, but it's Kind of, and um, uh, I can't think of the name of it. Um, the one where um, oh, the the horseman, um, he was making Castiel eat all the meat. Um, oh yeah, um, and Castiel was eating it because yeah, of Jimmy. Yeah, because of Jimmy Jimmy Novak. That was his. Um, you know, but he wasn't thing. feeling Jimmy. It was it was very specific in that it was because the body likes that. It wasn't really. It didn't like you said. It touched, and you can fan wank it either way. I always read that episode as it's not so much like for me. It's not that Jimmy's brain likes steak because I do. It's that. People have different taste buds, and that's that's biological. Some people taste differently because people are born with different amounts of taste buds. So that's one of the things where people are like, I don't like that. It's genuinely that it doesn't taste right in their mouth. That's that's a scientific thing. So for me, in that episode, it was that the body, it triggered it within the body. But okay, if we sound like it that he can feel Jimmy in some way, I will accept that. 
I genuinely will accept that. Like I said, my problem was that the way you set it up in order to get to the catalyst of this is is that if you're never going to talk about the bodies who don't give consent, but you're going to talk about the bodies that do and give them favorable treatment, it felt really, it felt, basically it felt gross to me. And like I said, I'm not someone, I'm not someone who gets hung up on those things. I don't, not in any kind of television and let alone supernatural. I am somebody who has constantly said like, yo, when you haven't talked about it in six, seven years, because they used to, and they, mm-hmm. as soon as they got Ruby's knife, they, yep. And I know why they did it. They've explained why they did it, and that's fine as well. I've always accepted it. I've never really had an issue with it. It's not a problem for me, and I've always fan-wanked it as if you're possessed, whether by angel or demon, they have probably screwed your brain up so much that it's, it's, almost, it's almost a mercy to put the body out of misery. I, I have personally always fan it that way and as a result have never had an issue with it. If they're even I had still alive issue. anyway. Exactly. You know, in terms of like Meg's first first vessel, mm-hmm. the minute right. the demon was gone, the body died because the body had been dead since since she fell out of the mm-hmm. Right. If not before then. Right. right. Or, you know, yeah, exactly. If not, you know, and she had already been shot. You know, there's things that happen. And so I've always rationalized it, always. So the fact that they're going to highlight it for me is where I find a problem. And, again, I'm not I'm not someone who harps on when it comes to sex, gender, or race when it comes to this show. I do not. Um, but to have the, for you to tell me, Again, that again, it's it's, and I hate to use the cliche because it's one of those things that I see, and I personally roll my eyes about a lot. It's that you're going to you're going to do something to this woman so that you can feel for this man and his journey, and it's literally what they did. And I've someone who has always eye rolled when people have said that because, duh, you're watching Supernatural. Eric Kripke will tell you to your face. I killed two women in the first episode to create my show. Deal with it. And I have dealt with it for 10 years without issue, with literally zero issue. I've never been one to count, you know, this is how many women have died versus this is how many men. This is how many blacks, Asians, mm-hmm. any race versus white people. Hell, I'm half Mexican. Show me a Mexican on this show. But I don't actually care. I don't. That's not the show I that's not the show I, I tuned into. I tuned into this show about two really pretty white dudes fighting monsters. I accept that. I embrace that. Please give me these two pretty white dudes every week. <laughs> I'm I have no issue. Zero issue. I know I know what show I signed up for. So when you highlight your problem and then contradict your your highlight in the same episode within 30 seconds, I'm going to call you on that because I've never called you on it before. And that's my soapbox. I'm down now. 
Um, I'm gonna have to watch it again. I didn't. I don't really want to, and you're making me have to watch it again because <laughs> I didn't. I didn't see any of that at all, and it's like, wow, I didn't watch it hard enough, and crap. And now I have to watch it again. So go back and watch that, and then and take another look at the dating app. <laughs> oh, shut up! I'm, I have I have my feelings on the dating app, and that is not. I told you. I told you you can fan link it, and I will accept your fan link. But you're wrong. <laughs> but I will accept that you're going to rationalize it. I have no problem with you rationalizing it. I rationalize stuff all the time with this show. Yeah, I have had that told to me as well during these podcasts. So I can explain that. Yeah, okay, but you're rationalizing. Okay. <laughs> and you all said that you're like, no, but you're okay. wrong. Okay. You can do it. Yeah, no. it's like you're wrong, but go ahead. Yeah, like I just said, I've for yeah, I just said for six years since we got Ruby's knife, I have rationalized the killing of the meat suits without problem. And people will post on Tumblr and Twitter like, but the the autonomy is a vessel, and I'm like, you're watching the show called Supernatural. Calm down. But again, when you highlight it in the same episode and contradict it in the same episode. I'm going to call, excuse my language, I'm going to call you on your shit, man. Sorry. <laughs> Speaking of the cult, when, where is it? When, when's the last time it was on the show? Where is it supposed to be? <laughs> I don't remember. <laughs> I mean, I could, a- I right could answer that for you, but no one's going to like what I <laughs> I want the actual answer, not what not the Vinny answer. <laughs> oh, I can't have <laughs> <laughs> I always just assumed it's in the in the back in the trunk of the Impala. Because uh, because I, I I never thought that they could feasibly make bullets that actually worked for it. Even though it's been said, I just don't I don't it's just never worked it's never worked out for me in my brain. Oh, well, if it's unusable, it might just be stored in the Men of Letters bunker now with all the other interesting weapons. Oh, yeah, when's now. The last, so. yeah. When's the last time we saw it, though? Like, Ooh. Um, was it... So, was it was it when... Um, I, th- I seriously think the last time we saw it was season five, Abandon All Hope. When Dean tried it on Lucifer. I think so. Wow. Wow, that's a long time. But I don't think they ever did anything or said what was done with it after. Because I said, like I said, we, that's we why I always it. Just assumed it was in the back, in the trunk of the Impala, because back then they had no home base. So obviously. We did see what, it again uh, in, in Frontierland in season six. But that was really back in time, and they went back in time and used it. They got it from yeah, Samuel Colt. Yeah, that doesn't count because that was in the past. Um, but for currently where it is, yeah, it has to be. Yeah, I was I was thinking it got taken away at some point, but no, I I, I think the, the guys have to have it somewhere. I sure would because like to see it again. Before that, before that, no wait, I take it back. Before that, Crowley had it right. Crowley's how they get it oh. back in season five. Well, Crowley, yeah, Crowley's, yeah, because um, Becky, well, I think Becky it's tells yeah. Becky Amanda tells says Swan Song? No, we didn't have it in Swan Song. 
No, literally the last time we saw it was when Dean tries to kill Lucifer. Yep, abandon all hope. Right. Because he tries to use it on the hellhounds, and it doesn't work. And then he used he used it on. Um, then he, he shoots used it on Lucifer. He, Lucifer, and he thinks it works, but Lucifer comes back. Right. right. So. So. Yeah, I mean, as in terms of episodes, Frontierland, but in terms of it actually being in use, not since season five, and it's. Okay. Never I'm, um, according to what I'm reading here, um, Dean dropped the Colt after he shot Lucifer, and then uh, Castiel rescues him and it rescues Dean and is unable to retrieve the Colt. So oh, we don't know where the Colt is. Yeah, according to this. Oh, great! Don't give them any ideas because all of a sudden the cult's gonna show up out of nowhere. Don't shh, no. Sh- <laughs> oh, oh, that was should. great! I, w- I want to see the cult again. <laughs> I know, I love the cult. Anyway, that's the girl. Uh, girl I mean, girl. let's let's all pretend <laughs> that it was give it, it was another bone thrown to you in fan fiction, and now you're never gonna see it again. Just pretend. Um, yeah, uh, it. Bobby shot Lucifer, shot Samifer in Swanton, but it wasn't with the cold. It was with his own gun. No, yeah, it wasn't. Mm. So either way, either way, like I said, we know the whole point of, or it's been said in multiple interviews that the whole reason they stopped with the cold is because it 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 made no sense to have this thing that killed everything or killed most things only to turn around and have Ruby's knife, which kills most things, and an angel blade, which apparently kills everything. Yeah, I hate that they, I hate that they change. I hate, yeah, the angel blade originally just killed angels, but then man, right, and, now it kill, and, and before That's it was very me. much like, yeah, and it was very much like, an angel blade wasn't necessarily the easiest thing to come by. And now every time you turn yeah. around, someone's got an angel blade going, Someone what the one? Yeah. And remember when, when it, um, it, for, when the angels were start, were dying in season four or whatever, and, uh, head of the pin, um, according to what Uriel and Castiel and them were saying, only an angel could kill another angel. Right. Right. And then it turns out, no, anybody can kill an angel. No, he's pretty much anybody can kill an angel. Yeah, and that was the whole thing about when when Dean killed Zachariah, that everyone was like, oh, my God, what does this mean for Dean? It meant nothing, guys, nothing, absolutely Right, right. (laughs) Now you can give it to, now you can give Shailene an angel blade and she'll kill anything for you. Go Shailene. (laughs) Yeah. And, you know, and right there you have Shailene killing the demon and the only reaction that Sam and Dean have is, you killed our, our source of information. Again, skip ahead a few seasons. You know, the vessel, the poor vessel. And then one scene, dead demons. Whatever. Actually, what bugged me the most about that scene is that some, 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 this, this person got a weapon away from Dean Winchester. <laughs> no <laughs> kidding, <laughs> man. No, I'm not like, paying attention. Really? But still, yeah, good point. Um, and I yeah, thought, like, you know, when they did the whole, when they did, the, when she killed him, and they were like, you, you know, she did it so abruptly, 
And they were like, oh, you know, you killed our source of information. I was like, ooh, because Shailene's really, really in on it. Okay. Nope. That was it. Okay. Yeah. yeah now, it would have um, made more sense if 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 the guy had a weapon and went for Sam and Dean and they ended up having to kill him because if they didn't, one of them would have been killed or whatever. I mean, if they wanted him. Right. Dead. But Shailene, grabbing him, I can understand her. And she's just cranky, you know, and uh, if I had stuff was that away from Dean, please. So. Yeah, and I will say, going back to, as a matter of fact, sorry, I just, this just hit me. <laughs> <laughs> the last, I, well, okay, the second episode that Robert Barons wrote, which was Captives, is when we also have Mama Tran kill her demon. And again, I remember him getting a lot of flack on Twitter for it, like, oh, you know, the vessel, the vessel, the vessel, the vessel. Clearly he didn't listen. That's fine. You don't have to listen to Twitter. (laughs) Please don't listen to Twitter. For crying out loud, all the writers don't listen to Twitter. To any of us. We're all crazy. Um, (laughs) And I'm including myself in that. (laughs) I mean, I I include myself in that. If if Supernatural was how I wanted it, I'd be the only one watching it. That's fine, because... It would just be the, the <laughs> Megan Dean. It would be the Megan Dean and Cass show, and nobody cares about me. <laughs> so whatever. Um, uh, so, okay, but fine. So because you just said this, I thought about it. Again, we have somebody who's not in the business taking a weapon away from somebody who is in the business to kill a demon. This seems to be a pattern, Barons, and I get what you're doing. You're doing the whole women empowerment thing, taking taking from your capture, and I get it, dude, but no, please, no, no. You know, if Robert Barons is listening to this podcast, he's never, ever favoriting any of our tweets. I would guarantee that if Robert Barons was listening to our podcast, he stopped listening, like, probably about an hour ago. Yeah, he was here for 10 minutes and went, I don't like this. And again, I really, I, I enjoy his his writing in terms of dialogue. I do. It's the it's the, the plot points that I have a problem with in this episode. You know, and if you say, I, <laughs> I have a yeah, couple, like, things I love to talk about, so... You know, it's like really weird. Yeah, and I will say, I will say one thing. I really, really, really liked because it's after ten years, we hardly get anything that surprises us. I like Rowena's um, the way Rowena kills the demons. It was so gross. That was awesome. Yeah, you know the the demon vomit. Oh, that was so cool. Okay, I actually have a question about that, and I, I think I kind of know the answer to my question, but I, I'll just ask it anyway. Um, to to kill him, Rowena tosses um, tosses Ra- Raul the hex bag or whatever it was. It was the right. spell and the curse and kills him. Now, later on, when Sam and Dean come in, <laughs> Sam is searching him and finds it and picks it up. I'm like, I does she make that bag specifically for someone? Because if she doesn't, and he just picks it, Oh. Well, no, it's specifically to kill a demon. There's no demon in town. Okay, okay but still, you that know, was my best idea. That was my idea. I had the same, had the same initial. Don't touch that kind of thing. 
But that's yeah, with my okay. channeling thing is that the sound doesn't have a demon in it. However, mm. I still go back to the why are you touching hex bags? Have you learned nothing? You I don't know. go up and pick bag. Whatever. My my actual I thought you were gonna say this, so this was my problem with it. So if Rowena's the only one who knows the spell and the only one who's ever used it, and obviously she's hardly used it, why is there like a web page about it? It reminded me so much. It reminded me so much of that scene in season two, Tall Tales, um, where the guy says, "If she was the, if no one told a tale, how did the tale get told?" It reminded mm-hmm. me so much of that. Right. <laughs> no one was left yeah. to tell the tale. How did the tale get told? Because on um, that, um, and, and the funny thing is, is the first thing, and we talked about this with a few friends the other day, the other night when it aired. Um, and, you know, we uh, we always harp on the magical Wi-Fi. And <laughs> a, friend, a friend was like, maybe he's using his phone as a hotspot. And I was like, you know what? Uh, no, but I'll give you that. I will give you that. Of course, we've always had the magical Wi-Fi, but whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's like Scully and, and Scully and I, Scully I, I always know, had I magical cell phone service, like in the in the right, basement and of a concrete parking garage in their cell phone. Right. Yeah, never yeah, mind yeah, that. Never yeah. mind that two men, two men without social security numbers, without without real ID and without a credit history, have phones with fact, magnificent service. Benny, <laughs> okay, I don't understand. Sure. I don't understand, Vinny, why you are still confused about Sam's Wi-Fi. I thought we had just determined many seasons ago that it's in his hair. I know. Exactly. It's his Wi-Fi hair. I believe it. So hair recently, so it shouldn't be working. Here's my question. His hair is a lot shorter, so shouldn't his Wi-Fi be weaker? Number one. Number two. Uh, Number two. Well, then how is Cass getting magical Wi-Fi? <laughs> he, okay, well, see, I, I totally fan-linked Cass's Wi-Fi. He's in a neighborhood. He's picking it up from somebody's house. Well, and see, I fan-linked this. He was using his angel. He was using a stolen angel for Wi-Fi. <laughs> Obviously, his Wi-Fi is in his trench coat. But uh, then, no, because this is not the trench coat. It was in his old trench coat. This uh, coat? Well, no. And can we talk? Okay. I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna talk about something really shallow for a second because it actually upsets me. Uh-oh. Misha Collins is a man who is in fantastic shape. This man is a runner, a swimmer. I mean, anybody who's been to a con has seen him in a pair of jeans, right? Okay. Indeed. That said. That said. The current suit. And coat they have him in oh. when he's walking. The scene with him and Hannah walking towards the camera down after the bridge. He actually looks paunchy. He like has Al Bundy's body. <laughs> I'm so upset on Misha Collins' behalf. I don't like the short trench coat. I I, I, I do not like the short trench coat. I don't like the short trench coat. But in that particular scene, I was too traumatized by Hannah's wacky roll up poofy jeans and uh, no, so I, I, I love her jeans 
I love I love Hannah's outfit. Out. I love no. I love Hannah's outfit. I love her I love her slouch yes. outfit when jeans puffed me up. Too. I love it. Me too, me too. And me her too. blazer. I love it. I love it. I love it. Sorry, I do. That's all right. Uh, I don't like her jeans. Hey. But <laughs> yes. Poofy rolled up like no. I love the slouch I walk alone in this particular sartorial. You do, because okay, I, I, I love this. I love this. I love boyfriend cut, roll up, juxtapose with the blazer, the whole look. I love Hannah's outfit. I love it. It's one of those things where I don't care that it's weird that no. he's never changed his clothes. She can keep that outfit. But I was so oh my excited. Oh, I cast that reminds outfit. Yeah, I was so distracted by the way Castiel's or the way Castiel's outfit is fitting Nisha that I had to go back and listen to the dialogue because I was sitting there going, "Why does Nisha look fat? This is weird. What?" Because again, that like I said, weird. the man is in, the man is in fantastic shape. He really is. Mm. I am upset on your behalf, Nisha Collins, and if you are listening, and I know you are, uh, <laughs> every week, <laughs> right? He comes in. Don't pretend you don't, Misha. Um, I want you to know, Misha Collins, that I'm upset on your behalf, and you need another outfit. Yes, that coat's got to go. Too short. And that coat is terrible. I know he's probably color. glad to be out of the giant trench coat, although I can't see where you this is much more comfortable. Misha's personal, personal wardrobe choices are interesting, shall we say, so... Did he not pick out this coat and that? Now, that doesn't surprise me. Well, you know what? I mean, he picked out those wacky sweaters, so. Well, and you know, but this is also the same man who put together, you know, he, whenever he put, whatever uh, con it was that he wore, the blue suit with the red tie, that was a good time. Um, That L.A. con where he used the school bus belt buckle, that was a good time. That sounded wrong. I'm not saying that your belt buckle makes things better, because uh, that's an awkward placement to say things are better. But <laughs> I'm just saying, most of the time, it's just a, It's not that you focus on his belt buckle, which is fine. It's just that it was a school bus. <laughs> you know, yeah, actually, that was it. I was going like, down hey, a school down. bus going for crunch. Cool. Um, but you know, and everybody, everybody, you know, myself included makes questionable wardrobe tra- choices in your in your real life. That's just, you know. Uh, I lived through the 80s, how- so, yes, you know, it was like 10 <laughs> years of questionable wardrobe choices. Okay. <laughs> well, you know, 90s teenager, and I, you know, again, I am of the of the 90s part of culture that wore gigantic Jenko jeans um, that covered my foot and looked like I was floating everywhere. So, we, again, we, we all make odd choices. Yes. But yes. when it's something that's on screen and it's screen tested, wardrobe is screen tested. Mm. I, I, this is not the first time that I thought, wow, this is not a flattering outfit on you. This was just the one that was so, he looked at a pot belly. He has no pot belly whatsoever. No, not at all. Oh, well. So, again, Nisha, sorry, on your behalf, I know that you're in shape, buddy. I know. I got your back. I got your back, Misha. <laughs> I'm sure Misha Collins is so excited that I care about his that I care about his waistline. <laughs> this will be his favorite pod, most favorite podcast of ours ever. 
He's like, Ever. thank God and he cares about my waistline. Thank God. Because I know, was worried. He he okay. Is, so, <laughs> okay. So, uh, okay. But that was my, that was, uh, there was something else to say before I got about that, but that just really did bother me. Um, okay. I want to talk about the, the, the almost the last scene of the episode between Dean Cole and then Sam, because that's, that's a scene I really loved. I rewound it and watched it many times because I thought it was just terrific. Um, and it, it was, it was good for me because of the brother interaction of Dean telling Sam to put the gun down. I love Sam coming out of, out of nowhere. Um, and, and it kind of, that was a cool scene because Dean gets Rowena, then Cole comes up on Dean and he's got the drop on Dean and then Sam comes up and gets the drop on, on Cole. So that was a nice back and mm-hmm. forth. I loved, I loved Dean just handing over the gun and saying, you're, you're going to listen to me um, and telling him what actually happened. And I got a story like that, you know, we all do and it, it takes over your whole life and then the darkness and and then him saying you know i i know how my life ends and and all that and like our scene you know still with the not thinking not thinking you're worth it and i actually i also thought that was an, a neat bookend to something dean says at the very beginning of the episode i know we got down the whole dating app tangent but Dean says to Sam, you know what, you think a woman like that couldn't be attracted to someone like me. And I really don't think that's where Sam was going at all. And, and No, because Sam has placed himself where he's saying it's not that, it's that you don't even know if she's yeah, too good to be true. Yeah, not because it's Dean, but because Shailene is, you know, as far as Sam right. is concerned, um, what's, what does Vander say in... A Canadian trouble named Bruce. Bruce. No, <laughs> uh, 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 an elderly Dutch woman. An elderly Dutch chat room. Dutch chat room. Yeah, and it's true. And it's true. Oh, and I, I, again, I go back to Dean, to saying Dean with a dating app that I, you know, someone who lives his life being someone else a good chunk of the time, why he thinks it's so unbelievable that somebody else would not be themselves, I don't know. But anyway, yes, mm-hmm. I did like that scene. You're the yes, thing you're talking and, about, really good. Yeah, and and that's not, and you're right, Sam. That's uh, Sam explains is I that's not what I meant at all. And then he goes off and explains, and then of course she comes in and interrupts. But but Dean is consistently still feeling horribly guilty about what he did as a demon, and still doesn't think much of himself. And it's still very much on his mind at the beginning of the episode and at the end. And I thought Jensen did a fantastic job in that scene. I thought Travis did a great job in that scene. So yeah, that I loved. It. I loved the dialogue. I loved the direction. I I loved everything. So you know, Robert, if you're if you just happen to give us another try in this episode, a podcast, yeah, I, I, I hope you heard that part. <laughs> I honestly don't think the problems with this episode were the writer's fault. Like we were saying, he it it it's. Yeah, it was a it's lot to do. what he was given. He just well, had he had too much. Every all the dialogue and everything in the episode was great. No, I, I, however, one of my problems was the the dating app, and that's a hundred percent on Baron. So. Oh, shut 
I'm not. I'm not. I accept that you have no problem with it. You have to accept that I do have an extreme problem with it in terms of characterization and continuity. Hey, Susan Susan agrees with me that you're wrong. Oh, whatever. (laughs) That's that's two against three. No one's ever on my side. Um, but no, I agree. I agree. There was um, that was a really well, well played and fairly well written scene. All of it, and I really, and again, I really hope, like we like we said, it's not the last we see of Cole because one of my I don't want to say pet peeves because that's not the right word for it, but one of my heartbreaks, especially when it comes to Supernatural, where it's such a revolving cast, is when you really, really connect with a character for the first time and then it's kind of the last time. And it's just mm-hmm. it's it's just one of those, like, damn it kind of feelings. And so, you know, I, it's, I, I kind of want more to Cole's story as a result because mm-hmm. he did take what Dean said and he accepted it, which is a, 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 is a testament to Dean because, this is a man who just learned that all this stuff exists and then to actually take what Dean says into consideration is, I, I thought, really interesting. Um, what I also like, like Susan said, and I think it's one of those subtle things that where I do say that I don't feel like the writing is feels all that genuine for me in terms of the brothers in some of the episodes recently and I admit that that could be residual from just you know how hard season nine was to to take in that aspect but I really like I feel like they feel like the old brothers to me so I'm Mm -hmm. I'm feeling really good for me it feels like that in terms of Jared and Jensen and the last week felt that way for me this one you know didn't unfortunately did not feel Except literally, except for the, and I, I, I have to give it to Jared in that I can't give it to the writing. It's it was the delivery, not the dialogue for me. But that's my that's mm. just me. I totally accept that it works for like I said. I was talking to a friend and she was like, "That's all I care about was the two, those two scenes. Everything else can." She literally said, yeah. "Everything else can go to hell." Okay, and she's a she is hardcore fan. She's one of us. Mm. So, but. What I liked about the the alleyway scene is, in and again it showed that that they're in a better place is when Dean tells Sam to put the gun down that Sam doesn't fight him on it and yeah. the the Sam of season eight and season nine would have fought him on it yeah and so that felt more like you know what we're used to. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, that was another thing. I, so, I loved that. It was like Sam put it down, and, and he did. I noticed that he didn't put it away. He didn't drop it too far. Right. It was still close enough. He was still prepared. He, he was still prepared to have to yeah, which is save just Dean. Right. Which, yeah, to have to save Dean mm-hmm. if he needed mm-hmm. to. But he gave, Dean, he gave Dean the trust it, mm-hmm. to give him the chance to talk to Cole. And this is, you know, we have to remember that in terms of that, for Sam, it's not just that this guy is after his brother. It's that this guy kicked his ass. He mm-hmm. almost killed Sam. So for Sam to trust Dean in that capacity, I I really liked that moment because it was just a subtle little thing that 
mm-hmm. reminds us that they are two men that put each other's lives in each other's hands constantly and that mm-hmm. there is that trust. See, and I don't like hate Sam asking Dean about what he said about, you know, you know, he's beyond saving and he starts to ask him and Dean interrupts him and says, I, I told him what um, I needed him to hear, you know. And I, and I, I like that. Sam being like, I don't know if I believe that. What do I have to do to, to essentially, right. what do I have to get yeah. to get him to he a place He doesn't buy where, it for a second. Mm-hmm. Right. And, I, and you get the idea that Sam's sitting there thinking, what do I have to do to get him to understand? Yeah. Yeah, because well, he's battling years of guilt. And, and, and then now he's got Dean as a demon. Guilt piled on top of that, and Dean, who still has the mark of Cain. One of the things I thought was kind of, uh, and I will admit that this was hyper defensive of me, um, probably just because I've been having one of those, uh, pro- uh, probably because we just had Jim on the podcast, and every time we have Jim on the podcast, I just have this resurgence of Bobby Love. Whereas Becky's Bobby Love is never waning. It's always, she's always straight and narrow Bobby. It's undying. <laughs> yeah, like that's, that's true. Bobby's her med. Um, mm-hmm. I, Bobby sometimes gets lost in the shuffle for me of so many characters unless I'm, unless I'm specifically watching older episodes or specifically in the frame of mind. But I think it's because we just had Jim on the podcast and knowing how he feels about Bobby and how he feels about the show and the cast and the the, the crew and everything. But for Dean to say that he was pulled back from the darkness and for Robert Barron's on Twitter to specifically say that when Dean says people, he means Sam and Cass. And I know that they're just talking about the demons right now but it kind of took me back to season four because I feel like season four Dean was so much darker than Demon Dean and in that capacity we had Sam and Bobby bringing him back and I just would have liked a small nod to Bobby in that moment and like I said I know it's just me being hyper defensive at this point it just and I would have been fine, except, you know, Robert Barron did clarify because he was asked to clarify. And I just felt like, but what about Bobby? Okay. So that was just a little thing that I was like, hmm. And I know I'm just, like I said, I know I'm being hyper-defensive and, and bratty, basically. So I will admit my bias there, but I would have just liked a little bit of that family nod there. That's all. And like I said, I could have fan winked it, but Robert Barron's clarified. <laughs> and then I could have, he took all my he took my fan winking away, and I I was really bummed about that. <laughs> like, what about my interpretation? What happened to you? Have your story, and I have mine. <laughs> what about my needs? <laughs> right. Okay, so we got a. A little bit of a reveal in this episode, and we find out that Rowena is Crowley's mom. Yes. Um, yeah, I didn't. Yeah. I thought for sure she was going to be his wife, uh, the mother of what's his face, 
the the sun, the principal. I thought, you know, <laughs> you can tell I'm tired. I'm using the term "what's his face," um, but yeah, I'm sleepy. Oh God, what is that character's name? Isn't it Gavin? Gavin, Gavin. yes, Gavin. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. I yeah, I thought for sure she was gonna be um, his mom. So yeah, I was shocked when he was Crowley's mom. She was Crowley's mom. I had already guessed that she was going to be um, his mother. Um, there was a spoiler that more or less just kind of laid it out without saying it, and I was like, nah, okay, that's not even surprising. Um, and like I told you, you you caught on that she was obviously connected to Crowley at least, which it, it was, her, her, the fact that she'd have a connection to Crowley was like the worst kept fandom secret of this season. But the actress <laughs> was phenomenal, and that scene yeah. where she's trussed up was phenomenal. And, to saw, and I think it was Robert Barron uh, that said she ad-libbed that meow. And it was so mm. well-placed and so cool. Yeah. Yeah, she um, was great. Ruth Connell, fantastic. Just fantastic. Yeah, thoroughly very, enjoyed very her. Throughout the whole episode, yeah. thoroughly enjoyed her. Yes, and she's so teensy tiny. <laughs> she is. I know. I know. I was like, looking small, but she looked really small. <laughs> I, I was like, wow, I had to go on to her IMDb to see because I'm like, oh, she's so tiny. According to IMDb, she's half an inch taller than me. So you oh, are like. Yeah, anyone who has seen me and Becky at a con has probably seen this. Because <laughs> you're what, like five, three? Five, five, three, three? five, two and a half. Five, two and a half. Yeah, and I'm almost 5'10". By Sunday, you will see me behind Becky leaning on her with both elbows on her shoulders. Because yeah, that's, <laughs> that's, how, that's how differential our height is. So, yeah, that's still short. <laughs> mm. I was like, is that what I look like? <laughs> <laughs> yes, that's why all of our, that's why all of our J Square photo ops are like, three normal sized people and one not, but the reality is that she's the one who's more average and we're just all really mm. small. <laughs> <laughs> she's far closer to average than the three of us are. <laughs> yeah, she is she is little but she was she was she was little but she packed a hell of a punch, man. She was I I really enjoyed the character a lot. A lot mm. more than I thought I would. Yeah, um, I did too. I liked her a lot. And you I'm know, really she curious. knows how to she knows how to enjoy being a a, a witch. All the best hotels, yeah. the best restaurants. Now that's what I call taking advantage of of who and what you are. You know, my gosh, <laughs> I love it. Which is is, is I something it. I love that they're doing that because we've always seen. Not always, but we've nearly, aside from Crowley, never seen a villain really just use their their powers, whatever they are, for fairly selfish, or at least on the surface, who knows what she's, you know, going to, but for, on the surface, selfish reasons, mm-hmm. you know, she's just like, bring me, bring me awesome wine and nice food, chop, chop. Yep. Yep. I'm, re- I'm really curious to see if she and Crowley are going to team up. Or if it's going to be more mom against son kind of thing. That that I am interested about because I know she's mm-hmm. like I said from the from the spoilers. I'm pretty sure it's Osceola. 
it, it was just, you know, she's going to be a significant part of his storyline this season. But it didn't really say either way whether it was going to be antagonistic or not. Um, I find it interesting, but I guess it goes to show that, you know, not not everyone keeps uh, keeps up to date and when it comes to demon politics that she doesn't know that Crowley's her son. Because that would be very advantageous to her. So I found that a little interesting that she doesn't know she's the mother of the king of hell. Because she is aware that the king of hell is, that he, you know, there is a king of hell and... Short. I mean, that should tip her off right there. Even though this is not his original meat suit, you know, the hype thing should have been like, you know, maybe I know this guy. Actually, uh, Mark Shepard's love... not even that short. <laughs> yeah, and they're very similar in that they, I mean, Crowley had a tailor, you know, and always has perfect suits and he has a mansion. And he's also has that shallow streak. I mean, she loves, you know, nice uh, restaurants and good wine and, and you know his original deal was what was it three more inches on his willy so you know they have kind of I just felt it was interesting that she knew enough about Crowley that he's the king of hell I don't know just I, I, I thought I was expecting because I was expecting the reveal of her being his mother I was expecting more it to be her noticing it rather than him noticing it. Not that I have an issue with it either way, but it just surprised me because I expected it to be the other way around. It's going to be interesting to see if he, you know, unties his own mother or just leaves her there for a little while while he talks to her. Let's see what kind of fun he has. Oh, I think he'll leave her tied up. (laughs) Um, that's Crowley and speaking of Crowley because I don't feel that we really have is I really I enjoyed his scenes um, but I don't know that's almost redundant to say because when don't you enjoy uh, Mark Shepard let's mm. be real um, but um, I thought his scenes were really neat mm. although like my mother who just loves Mark Shepard she loves him and she loves Crowley she used to be very much the cast girl, and now she's very much a Crowley girl. Um, I was, I had recorded a few episodes of Doctor Who, and so it was doing the, the previously because it was doing his character again. And she was like, "Why is Mark speaking with an American accent? What is this you're watching? What?" Is, she was so upset that Mark <laughs> Shepard was speaking in an, in an American accent. And I was like, oh, this is Doctor Who. And she's like, isn't that a British show? And I was like, yeah. She's like, what? what? I was like, yeah, we all we know, Mom, we know. Because she's not in fact. Mom. Like, she was like, Mom's my world woes. tilted on its axis. <laughs> yeah, like, and I was like, yes, we know, Mom, we know. <laughs> so. Okay. Still not enough to get her to watch Doctor Who with me, but, you know, I try. I try. Well, then she would, heaven forbid, James Marsters. <laughs> As a British accent and like the same show as Mark. Yeah, that would really. Yeah, but she's much more of an angel girl than a than a spike girl, so. Eh. Oh. That's not gonna work. <laughs> and I will never subject. I will never subject her to Torchwood. Sorry for all the Torchwood fans out there. Very sorry. My apologies. Hey. 
The James Marsters mm. kissing scene with John Barrowman is one of the hottest scenes. Which ever. is what got me to watch the show. Which is what got me to watch the show. I, and the fact that it had such a strong fandom, and I thought, well, it's got to be a good time. And no, 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 it was not. Oh, I, I love know, I know. Good. And I, I love, love, love that episode with John Barrowman right. and James Marsters. I always wanted him to come back. I tried so hard to love Torchwood, but I love I love Yanto. Does that count? <laughs> oh yeah, I love Yanto. And too. I love John. Yeah, I love John Barrowman, and I I enjoy. So you really shouldn't have gotten too fond of him, but yeah, okay. Yeah, no, no kidding. Um, I I I I I don't know. This is not a, this is not a Torchwood podcast, so let's not air my issues with that show. Oh, but I did anyway. But, um, um, I yeah. I got a I got a kick out of uh, Crowley's minion who who smoked out of one of the one of the pimp guys and then went into the looks like a a um, utility worker maybe or something like that construction or something and and yeah. he's saying oh when you were when you were distracted and he goes oh no busy I mean you <laughs> know he's trying to save himself and tap dancing like crazy and he almost said distracted with Dean Winchester which yeah and I, I like that I like that you know it was that and then also um you know and Crowley tells him oh you're so proud of yourself for cleaning up the mess you made yeah yeah and oh and he says about the about the whole prostitute you thought it was a good idea to go start a a, a whorehouse in my name, you know, and then he's like, you know, I'm which you know, tacky. until Crowley <laughs> put it that way, I was like, that is kind of a good idea, you know, that wasn't a bad idea necessarily. How was he supposed to know that Dean Winchester was going to start up a dating app with his actual information and then, <laughs> you know, get on the dating app and find one of his hookers? How was he supposed to know? Mm. I didn't know. Yeah. I would have never expected it. So you know. Yeah. Now I, I have got, a I have a peeve over the whole hooker uh fancy lady <laughs> um, um, <laughs> storyline. It it's I don't know, it's it's a small thing. Maybe it's not a small thing. But but we see the original prostitute was a woman, then there are two more women. Um one who looks very similar to the first uh, uh blonde with the long hair. And then uh, Rowena comes in, and it's all women. I'm like, you know, men are prostitutes just like women. Wouldn't it have been interesting to sort of have one of the prostitutes be a man? I understand Rowena is looking, I think, for all women as her minions. I, I'm not sure about that yet, but so far that's what she's been looking for. And she, but one of them turned out to be weak, and she used it as a distraction as she was recruiting women. And maybe there could have been a, a guy prostitute in that scene, and she could have used him as the distraction, or um, um, the first, very first prostitute who was um, gets killed, and uh, could have been a guy. And like, you know, uh, how about equal opportunity? Prostitution, okay. <laughs> you know, you know, it's a, as in the Firefly, the Firefly episode, Heart of Gold, and Kaylee was so excited to see that they had boy whores as well. Yeah, yeah. Though I did like when Rowena comes in, he goes, "Oh, you know, customer," <laughs> you know. So okay, that's a tiny step forward, but to me, it was like two steps back. He could have just as easily had 
uh, men and women in that scene. So, in a way, and I, like I said, I, I've never been one who has big issues with that, but also in a way, because it, it also kind of feels like one of those themes, especially with, since the show is written, you know, the episode is written by a man, it almost feels like one of those things, if he had done that, where it kind of feels like one of those things when, whenever you talk about abuse or forced sex trade on women and people go, but men go through it too, and the percentages are so off, and then you kind of go, well, how come you're never advocating for men until it comes up with women? It, it kind of feels like that argument, and... For me, one of the one of the charities that I I uh, always try to to support is um, is female sex trade because it is such mm-hmm. an insane problem and it's something that's so that people think doesn't happen. You're like that that can't possibly happen. It's 2014. Mm-hmm. What do you mean they steal women and and force them into the sex trade? No, that doesn't happen. And no, it happens on an insane level. You can't even believe. So for me, I, I kind of almost, I almost would have been offended had there been a male in the same situation. It would have felt like you, you're, it, I don't know, it would have felt weird to me. But I get what you mean because I saw a lot of people making the same argument you're making, and I'm not taking away from that argument at all. I'm mm-hmm. just saying, like, for me, I didn't, it didn't bother me, but I do see how mm-hmm. it, it, it's, it can be bothersome or, you know. I mean, I wasn't enraged, but I was kind of like, huh. Why not? Why not think that way? You know, in this season, we've already had first strippers and now prostitutes. It's kind of like, okay. All right. Yeah. Yeah. But, and it goes hand in hand with my peeve that when there's a torture scene, the men are fully clothed, but the women are naked. You know, and right. Like, and yeah. that is something that, that is something that I say, you know, on one hand, I, I get where people come from, and it doesn't. It should. I guess I didn't really notice, and but I know like Jim Michaels got a lot of flack for saying, you know, it's you know, it's a sex sells kind of thing, and in this fandom we get very distracted and think that you know it's a primarily a, a women's show. But demographically, it's not. You know, the, the the demographics are pretty split in terms of who's viewing men and women. It's it's nearly fifty fifty. So yeah, mm-hmm. I I get it. I I get it. And you know, sex does sell. And you know, we get excited when when Sam and Dean take their shirt off. Mm-hmm. Or or wear a t-shirt, which is so sad. <laughs> We're so pleased. Yeah. But you know, it, it it works both ways. It does, you know. We we mm-hmm. we can't fault one without faulting ourselves. Yeah. Well, I'd be fine if if when there's torture, everybody's fully clothed. You know, you can torture through that parka, possibly. You know, it's just like, it's just it was just too many times. The women were Ruby and Meg. The men weren't. Yeah, Ruby and, and we yeah. do. We yeah, the Ruby one. The and Ruby I get what you're saying. Was Ru- really Ruby and Meg. I, both naked Ruby and, and, and then that torture thing. Yeah, those were yeah. two that really were like, whoa. And it did feel like, wow, you really are not so much demeaning women, but demeaning this particular character. Mm-hmm. You know, debasing that character in order to debase that character. Um, 
and I, it's one of those weird things that I always think about, well, that's, that's great, but, you know, like for Rachel to have to do that scene where she's laughing and, you know, Dean Winchester behind you, I'm like, yeah, and everybody's wearing clothes but her. That's so weird. Like, I think more about the actress more than the character in those moments. Same thing with 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 Ruby. I think about Genevieve being like, I'm not wearing clothes and everybody else is. And I think about that in the, in, in Lazarus Rising, you know, they open the door and she's in her underwear. And I'm like, everybody's wearing clothes but her. Wasn't that weird? No, she didn't. Okay. I just, I feel weaker. I don't know. So I yeah. always think more about the actress versus the character in those moments. And I'm kind of pulled out of it in a way. But I do get, I get what you're saying and totally, and entirely. Yeah. I just, um, and like, if you know, I have had to, strippers, we've had prostitutes, you know, and they're, you know, yeah, and everything from G-strings to, to the little outfits from last night. And I, and it doesn't bother me that they're there, but it's like. Well, I will say that almost what's, what's, every time Cass gets tortured, Misha's got to take his shirt off or open it. That's, yeah. that's factual. Oh, okay. It's not so, always. It's, yeah. It's just like, I, you know, there's, hands pushing there's out of other it ways to do of, it. There's other kinds of characters, yeah. but, you know, or, or a little bit more the other way. But it doesn't. It's not that huge. What you're saying is, it's not a deal breaker, but I'm like, oh. What you're saying is, you want Sam and or Dean to get tortured without a shirt. Is that right? Am I understanding that correctly? (laughs) You just want (laughs) Scratch. You've you've discovered my (laughs) ulterior motive to this argument. (laughs) I'm just trying to clarify. (laughs) I don't want you to be misrepresented in any way. No, but I do I do get what you're saying. And like I said, I do tend to think more about the actress in that moment and I don't I tend to forget mm-hmm. about the yeah. character in that moment. And you're right. It is it is it's an unbalanced scale. Because like mm-hmm. I'm saying, I am I'm like I'm saying, you know, the audience demographically in terms of viewers are fifty fifty, so ergo we should get fifty fifty representation mm-hmm. in terms of sex cells. Yeah. Well, that's how we ended up with Bella and Ruby in the first place. CW. Right. They were forced upon. Sent down a, yeah, from him a rock and a hard place and did the best they could. And, you know, it was kind of, for me, it was 50-50. One character was successful and the other wasn't. <laughs> and there's there's big debate about which ones were successful and which ones weren't, which I think goes to show mm-hmm. that theoretically both character were both characters were actually done well because if it wasn't for that then everyone would agree so i will you know there's that guys i'm so sleepy i know Sorry? you're yawning she's I'm sleeping so <laughs> <laughs> um but you know, I we oh. ended up having far more to talk about in this episode than we thought. We thought yeah, it was going to be a very, very short surprised. episode. Yes, we did. <laughs> um, but it turns yeah. out we all had a lot to say and a lot of opinions. Um, mm-hmm. Because Becky's tired, we are going to cut it short, and we won't be taking any calls for this episode. Yeah, I'm um, sorry. Sorry about that, Amanda. We said we were going to, but we we I'm sorry we ended up talking about a lot more than we thought. But next time, and thanks for listening. I'm but, sorry, I'm sleepy. I'm sorry. Oh, very sweet. Okay. Been next a long time. Okay. Is there any birthday? So I hope that it's good. I have to get up early and work tomorrow too. 
Oh, oh fine. See, you should just be on medical leave like me, and then you don't have to worry about going to work. Oh, I would love that. Can we make that happen? Sure, you can have my pain, too. Oh, I don't want that. Oh. I don't want that. Is there any still have... special... Go ahead. Um, um, oh, wait, really quick. I do want to say two things really quick. One, um, uh, our shirt is still on sale for one more day. Um, and, yes, you can get a hoodie. And it will ship before... Christmas, if you're looking to get it for a Christmas gift for somebody or any holiday. But we forgot. Um, for those of you who go to conventions, especially VanCon, you probably know who the cosplayer VanCon Castiel is, Matt. And he was the bellboy in this episode. He was the dead bellboy. And he played dead really well. And he's a super guy. We we love him. So, he's and the, we got to- the best. The best Castiel cosplay you've ever he seen. He is he's amazing. Amazing character. Mm-hmm. He's so good. He is fascinating. Go back if you can and go look at. Uh, there's always on YouTube the the the, the Castiel uh, costume contest. Look at the most recent VanCon ones for um, this year and last year. He's amazing. Literally never breaks character the whole time he's on stage, even with Misha right in his face. Does not break character. He's fantastic. and you can follow him on Twitter at VanCon Castiel. And he has a Tumblr as well, but because I'm Tumblr deficient, I assume it's the same name. But God, I don't know. Um, but yes, really cool guy, and he played dead amazing, and we're so proud of him. Mm, he was so good. Great job, Matt. We love you. And so does my dog, apparently. Right? <laughs> Lily loves you, too. Just <laughs> Lily. Monkey would love you, but she's asleep. <laughs> so, yes, we got caught up in, in other things that we completely overlooked at. But, yes, go look at the dead bellboy. Yep. <laughs> not uh, every day you get to see that. You, <laughs> right? We, <laughs> we wish And not have someone more. reaching for the... Nine one one. Right. When was the last time I, you um, ever got to say, "I need the dead bellboy"? Um, and and Amanda says to us, "You always bring up bring things up that make me go. I need to rewatch. Great podcast. Well, thank you, Amanda. Sorry we didn't get to you, but I appreciate you listening. We appreciate you listening and laughing. <laughs> we were too. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, um, next week we have Hibbing nine one one, which is going to be the return of uh, Jody and I forgot the other cop's name. I just knew it, but then I got all distracted with Matt. Oh God, she's from the Purge. The yes, Purge, the donut. She's from the Purge, the funny donut cop. Brianna, <laughs> the lady. I, yeah, her real name is Brianna, and I'm so sorry that I can't remember your character's name right now, and and I feel like a jerk, but. She is City Cinderella on Twitter, and she's really funny on Twitter, so go follow her if you're not. And, of course, you should be following Kim Rhodes um, as well. And they will be teaming up for this episode coming up, which will be airing on my birthday, so no pressure. But, yeah, Jenny Klein, give me a good episode. And one more episode after that, and then I think we get the get the holiday break till January, right? Right. So. Yes. Good morning. 
Okay. Is that it? Very right. good. Mention all the news we have, too. The T-shirt. Becky needs to get to bed. <laughs> yes. Let's let the boys walk. Good night, everybody. Good night. Good night, everyone. Thank you for listening. Hey, I'm Jared Padalecki. And this is Jensen Ackles. And you're listening to Winchester Radio.